welcome to Two Geeks Talk Movies and what's supposed to be our Mother's Day special of Mummy Dearest. Oops. <laughs> um, but I couldn't find a copy of this thing for love nor bloody well money. So, oh my god, I think I should just do the intros here. I am your host, John, and with me as always is my co-host, Joanne. Hey. Hey there. Right, so then, uh, like I says, this was supposed to be your, your pick, uh, but... I fucked up basically. Um, so we're covering the nanny and all that, the Fran Drescher piece of crap. But the 1965 psychological horror from Hammer Horror starring Bette Davis. Now, I want to about this thing. Everything you type in the nanny, you get sent to that 90s piece of shit thing with Fran Drescher. You know, oh, which God, I know. drove me insane. Yeah, you ever actually watched that thing? No. No, thank God. I've oh, heard God. so much stuff about it that just made me think, nope, stay away from it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I watched about ten or so episodes of it, and it just got annoying fast. I mean, oh, fuck that shit, and just ditched it. All I say is, I couldn't find Mummy Dearest, a copy of Mummy Dearest, on DVD or Blu-ray for love or money, so we had to do um, her rival, Betty Davis, you know, yeah. in her, I think, one and only Hammer Horror. I think this is her one and only Hammer Horror. Yeah, she's not in any of the other one. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you manage to find a copy of Mummy Dearest? Not, uh, not for, uh, not for under forty pound. And yes. I'm a student. We're notoriously skint, so no. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. I mean, the price. I couldn't find a copy of Mummy Dearest for under twenty five quid. I'm like, fuck mm. that. Pay that for a fucking forty year old movie. Go and fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. So, mm, mm. so we done the next best thing, as it says, the nanny starring her frenemy, Bette Davis. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck it. <laughs> and since um. What happened to be with Jane? It's one of our most popular movies. Mm. Why the fuck not? <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Let me see. So, are you a fan of Hammer Horrors? Yes, and this mm. is my favourite Hammer Horror. So, when we had to change it before you could say anything, I was like, "Please, please. <laughs> And then I was going to say to you, "Can we just do the nanny?" And then I thought, "Well, no, hold on. We've already done Bet Davis." Um, so, no, I was, I was um, dancing around my living room when you said, we'll just do it the nanny. <laughs> okay, then. Okay, then. Fair enough, then. Fair enough. I've got to say, this might be a scooch controversial, but I'm not a great fan of Hammer Horror. Oh, I mean, why not? I, I don't know. I just didn't... I don't like the whole... Uh, I don't know. Did I say it? The campness of it all? It's just too... Yeah, there are a couple that are ridiculous. So they are, they're so camp it's, it's unwatchable um so they are but there's a few like this and what's that other one um uh, dracula dracula prince of darkness pretty good yes yeah yeah i mean to be honest with you hammer horror kicked the arse out of uh dracula and frankenstein i mean they've done mm. what's that about eight or nine dracula movies and i think five frankenstein movies it's like oh come on really yeah. but uh, I'm kind of happy they're back. Uh, they came back in what, uh, 2000 and when was that? 2012 with Lady in Black, Woman in Black. Yes. Or that Daniel Radcliffe horror film. Yes, that I'm ashamed to say I've actually seen. Actually, yeah. I've seen both of them, and mm. the first one is far superior than the second one. Oh God, <laughs> oh, yeah. God. If I had to watch either one again, I'd be watching the first one. Not that mm. I intend either of them again but like you say the first one is just so much better 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I shall tell. I think the very first comeback Hammer Horror was Dog Soldiers. I what think it? it was. Yeah, is back that a in, Hammer? Yes, I think it is. Probably mm-hmm. back in 2000. And, what was that? 2001, 2002 when that came out. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's a Hammer Horror. But yeah, like I said, it officially came back with a bang with um, Lady in Black. I won't know what the fuck I think it's called. And now it's floating around although i think it's been overshadowed by fucking blumhouse horror the bastards like the oh, probably and i'm sorry but i can't stand blumhouse horrors they're all fucking the same they're all boring and they're all fucking long what do you shit and they're all yeah. designed to scare millennials and oh i'm a horror fan but i'm scared of loud noises oh fuck off <laughs> <laughs> you know the type you know like, screams yes, at fucking everything you're like oh yeah, shut up yeah. One little one little drum beat and a scene in that at the end they're fainting gonna take care God, I can't, right, I'll tell you this little story which I found hilarious. The One of the last films I saw in the cinema before the pandemic took over uh, mm-hmm. was, uh, what the fuck's the one called? Uh, Insidious 4, okay. The Last Key. Ooh. And we saw it in the big, the big fancy uh, Odeon with the reclining seats and the huge screen malarkey. Mm. And right next to me were two 15-year-olds. And I think this is one of their first horror films. And they didn't shut the fuck up <laughs> all through the movie. And I was like, I'm like and they kept on pulling out their mobile phones or cell phones and taking constant pictures. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. I mean, and they screamed and jumped and howled. And as I was walking out of the cinema, I said, oh, my God, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen. I think I've shit my pants. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. I mean... Oh my god, I swear to god, I was going to kill them with their own fucking cell phones. <laughs> you know, rub them in their fucking throats and shut the fuck up. Anyway, moving on. <clears throat> I really do believe they should ID people when they go into see horror. <laughs> like, mm. yeah, are you old enough? Okay, are you mentally old enough? Because, you know, there's nothing worth, like you say, than sitting next to someone who can jump to everything. Or if they're not doing that, like you say, the lights go down and the phone lights come up mm. and you're like, come mm. on, Dave. I mean, I know I've done it myself, you know, but 10 years ago, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. There should be an over-21s only cinema where mobile phones have to be turned off and it has to be in relative quiet. I mean, don't be mm. like laughing at the jokes and being jumped, scared at the jumps, but no constantly yabbering all through the fucking thing, which drives me fucking insane. I yeah, mean, but there's nothing worse just if the theatre lights go down and the movie's about to start and all you hear what are we doing after that? Do you want to go for something? And you're like, oh my God, I'm going to kill you. Shut up. Yeah, exactly. Have- I mean, this is one of the, the, the nice things about the pandemic is we can actually watch movies in our homes and we can pause and, and go for a piss and such, you know. <laughs> and we don't have to have anybody sitting gathering about like a fucking canary. So it's like, That's hmm. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yes. I was going to ask, how many other Bette Davis movies have you seen? Um, I have seen, I've seen about three other ones. Mm, mm. I've obviously seen what happened to Baby Jane. Uh-huh. I've seen this multiple uh-huh. times. I've seen Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. All right. Because uh, yeah, yeah. you recommended that, John, the Baby Jane podcast. <laughs> I went away and watched it. And I've seen what is that other one? Um, it has uh, gone... But I have um I have seen actually I've seen like a stepmother which was her right. last role. Right. Yes, so, yes, her last role. Yeah, which I saw that myself, yeah. and it was kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, it's, seeing this decrepit old woman, and they're also like Jesus Christ, you know. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've seen. 
there's no mm. short flailing. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. I mean, I've seen several myself. I've seen the big ones. The um, uh, oh, fuck was that one? Uh, shit, I forgot the name of that one. The one where she's a stage actress and she gets upstaged by her uh, other uh, actress. Oh my god! Is that the one where she gets? Oh, about Eve. Yes. I've seen that one about multiple things, and it's mm. oh my god! I've seen Watching in the Woods, which is an eighties kind of horror film about an old witch in the woods. Mm. Um, I've seen Wicked Stepmother, um, and obviously seen Baby Jane in this multiple times. Yes. And I've seen the one where she plays um, Queen Elizabeth the First. I can't remember it off the top of my head. But yeah, and I've seen all the ones I've seen, but I just can't remember them off the top of my head. <laughs> you know. Um, mm. So yeah, the one thing I haven't seen is Hush Hush Sweet. Sweet. Shit, I fucking have to see that. <laughs> Hush Hush Sweet. Not, I should watch it. Um, so you should. It's really good. It's really. Mm. Uh, a bit like this. It's very um psychological thriller. Right. I must find it. He typecast as the grotesque old woman in there, but mm. something by the city she was uh, onward till she did Wicked Stepmother. She was always going to be typecast as that. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was. Typecast as the hag or crazy old woman. So, hmm. yeah. Uh, I was going to ask. Oh yes, are you a fan of psychological horrors? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I personally, uh, as much as I love a good old scare where you can see the scare and things like that, hmm. um, a psychological th- uh, horror, sorry, are my favourite because let's face it, there's nothing more scary than the human imagination. Yes. You know, um, so yeah, they tend to terrify me more than some actual horror where you see all the blood and guts and whatever mm. else. So yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I, I prefer them. Yeah, I mean, Do you prefer see, them or you more what you see? Uh, no, 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 no. I like a good psychological thriller or psychological horror, but how Brown's Bully thing or how cat guys are all. Um, like I say, there's nothing more scary than man itself because man is the ultimate killer, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yes, there's things go bumping and you know, there's aliens and there's there's like weird people, but think about it. What can man do to man is exactly. more terrifying, you know? Exactly. So, mm. What one relatively sane man can do to another is just, you know, you only have to watch your news. Mm, exactly. You get all about it. So. I mean, this matter. is this is why later on in the year, uh, I want to cover Silence of the Lambs, mm. one of my personal favourite. Serial killer movies, also psychological horror or thriller. Mm. So there we have that one. Anyway, let's just dive into this one, shall we? Let's get Absolutely. in some bolts. Right. We have a budget of $1.3 million and this pulled in $2 million. So it kind of, I don't know, did it tank? I mean, how did they do budgets in, in the 60s? I mean, I'm I not sure. I don't know, but. Anyway, I mean, it made it money back, so it sounds like a good thing. Yeah, you know. well, that's true. That's very true. Starring Bette Davis, Wendy Craig, Jill Bennett, James Villers and William Dix. Directed by Seth Holt. The plot. A spoiled brat 10-year-old boy is fresh out of, quote, Boston or boarding school. After being placed there for the murder of his little sister. He is the bane of an elderly nanny's life. Also his sickly mother. The thing is, is this nanny as perfect as she seems to be? Or is there something under the surface far more sense about her? Can the soft-willed, fragile mother cope with her handful of a son? Will the uncaring father ever stop and step in? 
And just what does the nanny have planned for the dear old fragile mother? Mary Poppins, she ain't. So, <laughs> there we have that. And I love the fact how this movie calls it Mary Poppins by name at least three times. Mm. You know, it knows it was going to up against Julie Andrews and the, the fucking, uh, what the hell, that supercar budget, Expeditious, you know, for crying out loud. So, hmm. Oh, God, you know that just completely gone right out my head. And you know me, every musical <laughs> thing that I love. Mm, I call mm. Mary Poppins, is it not? Am I being yeah, so, yeah, yeah, Mary Poppins, yeah, 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 mm. yeah, so it's Mary Poppins. Right, first yeah, early in the morning, I know it's at night, but was it early? <laughs> <laughs> right, first thing I want to talk about is how much of a complete nightmare Betty Davis was on set. Apparently she had the flu and she would go up to the cast members and cough and sneeze in their face. She would also wow. drink from their water bottles and or glasses to give... The, the, the crew the flu she demanded the, the film to be shot the way she wanted it and then she would berate the director for filming it the way she wanted it or the way he wanted it but then she would throw a hissy fit when he told her to do it the way he wanted it so she was a fucking nightmare on set and she tried to sleep unsuccessfully the, the producer which left a very frosty environment on the set plus she refused to wear the correct clothing wearing a custom-made nanny suit instead of what she's supposed to wear. So, okay then. Uh, a, typical Davis then on any set. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. She said she was an icon by this time and she was a multiple Oscar winner, so do as I say sort of thing. Mm. I was like, okay, now apparently she was quite bitching, quite a bully to Jill Bennett, who's told her to, quote, just be part of the furniture, <laughs> you know? <gasps> Oh, oh, so, ouch. There we have that one. Also, she said to her, just look pretty, love, and have sex with the uh, the furniture. I'm going, oh, there's a bitch move right there. I mean, for crying out loud. So, hmm. Anyway, this apparently was the last Hammer Horror film to be filmed in black and white. And then they had it in glorious Technicolor with, I think it was Dracula. Yeah. It was the first one in, in full Technicolor with the yes, blood. Yes, and I don't like any of the one thing colour. I prefer all, I prefer Hammer Horror in black and white. Mm. Personal preference. Mm, not kidding. Not kidding. Um, so like I says, many people love the fact that this is an anti-Mary Poppins movie. Yes. Think about it, we have this sickly sweet nan who's practically insane every way. So yeah, I mean like I said, the movie itself calls out Mary Poppins at least three times. And I'm kind of loving that. I was like, oh, you bitch. I mean, I mean the, the uh, girl upstairs, he would refer to her as uh, Mary Poppins. So they, mm. they're definitely self-aware with, with their competition on that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, although I've got to say, the two well, the kids in this, I can't stand. I can't stand that little boy that plays uh, Joy, and I could not stand the little girl that played Bobby, you know, but I'll get back to them later on. And what I do love about the fact is at the very start of the movie, you have kids playing on swing sets, roundabouts, seesaws, etc, etc. Can you imagine that today? <laughs> you know, they'd be on their fucking, their, their mobiles, their cell phones, but oh they're, my they're God, fucking they would they be moving, they'd get be hanging on it, with yeah. one yeah. hand each side, holding a phone in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's a bloody little joke. Like, so then we're introduced to Nanny, unnamed just Nanny, played by Bette Davis. And 
this was on her upswing as this was in the middle of her quote unquote hag sportation movies. Yep. Uh, such as Baby Jane, Hush Hush, Sweet Charlotte, I still can't say that, Sweet Charlotte, and a handful of other movies. So this was her upswing. Yeah. I love the fact she's dressed like Mary Poppins and she's feeding pigeons. I'm like, why are you feeding pigeons? Love those ducks in the pond. <laughs> Some you people know. prefer pigeons to ducks. <laughs> I mm. imagine. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's true. That's very true. And I'm loving the whole mid-60s look of London here. Mm. You know, I mean, I've only been to London a few times and I fucking hate it. The people are rude, aggressive. The, the subway's fucking disgusting. And it is way over-fucking-priced. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've never just... actually been to London. Uh, so I'm, it's on my bucket list to go to, but that's only because, you know, me, biggest nerd you'll probably ever meet. And mm. you know, that's where the British Museum is. But I'm, I'm yet to go. Maybe one of these days I will go, but then again, if it's like um, if it's like our town centre uh, at Christmas, <laughs> pe- uh, before the pandemic, then, you know, I'm not going to want to be anywhere near it. It'll do my head in. No, it's like the, it's like the city centre at Christmas, Christmas fucking Eve, times <laughs> 100, you know? And that's just a fucking Monday. You know, for <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I mean, I would like it at all. But I find people yeah. are too rude and it was just, just a complete, and it was utterly ridiculous overpriced to get anywhere. And it was a nightmare to use the subway system, a nightmare to use buses as a fuck that. So, no, 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 no. Avoid London. Okay. Well, anyway. Well, London or Miller. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, unless you go down there, like, you, you drive, and you're not driving in the city is a fucking nightmare also. So, hmm, maybe not. But I don't know. I mean, I suppose you could, I don't know, hire a bike or something. I, I have no idea. But, yeah, hmm. Anyway, on to the mum of this uh, Virginia Fane, played mm. by Wendy Craig, who I thought was, um, what the hell, Barbara from Doctor Who? Uh, but it's not, it's a completely different actress. Uh, her complete, yeah, <laughs> she does look like her, I'll give you that, but yeah. She I has the same haircut. And I think, ironically, she was in a, in a sitcom called Nanny. Mm-hmm. which ran from 81 to 83, so I thought that was a delicious piece of irony. <laughs> Although all she does in this thing is cry yeah. and cry and act like a fucking, like a, I don't know, a zonked out zombie. Like she's like one volume away from me, a fucking zombified idiot. You know, she's practically drooling and crying in every scene. I was like, oh my God, would you fucking pick it up, love? I mean, for crying yeah, out loud. Yeah, like, would you uh, toughen up, you know? God almighty. Then there's the dad, Bill Fane, played by James Villers, who looks like he's one Martin away from slapping the shit out of her or leaving her to fuck his fucking private school best friend. I love the fact that he fucks off as soon as the, the son comes back from Boston. Uh, oh, I'm going to the club for tonight. I was like, oh, what are you doing there? You're dirty. No, definitely. Oh, so that's a funny handshakes and, and such. Mm. Then he decides, actually, I'm going to be away for a couple of days at working you're yeah, like what, what was that i'm going what the fuck who goes to i mean what what works on again he had queen private messengers so do they really go uh, i mean i know i want monic half them still to that day are they really away from her for the her for days on end uh, i don't know but nowadays but i'm guessing so in his 60s i mean i have no idea I but... it's hard that he get anywhere then i mean i love the fact how He's just so cold and uncaring and doesn't give two fucks. Mm. And he just does not want to be 
and this 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 family clearly he just wants to go can we go on with this thing? I mean, have yeah. a drink sharp, love, sort of thing. But I'm um, going... Unfortunately, that very off men at the time, that yes. Yes. any man would be towards his wife and child. It's like, you know what, the wife looks after the child, any problem the child's got, go to the wife, I just earn the money and bring it home. Or, you know, in this case, the nanny looks after the child and mm. the wife, apparently, in this movie. Um, so it's very off men at the time but it's quite you know us with our modern viewpoint look at it and go that's quite cold you know mm. yeah yeah yeah, exactly. him? yeah yeah i mean what i don't get is she's clearly a basket case mm. uh due to her little uh, daughter being killed accidentally or purpose hmm. we'll talk about that later mm. um but the father seems to be very cold and very aloof and doesn't give two fucks i'm going really your daughter died under mysterious circumstances and you're like whatever love you know get over it it's been two years i'm going yeah to have that death didn't affect him at all and it's like this is your only daughter like mm. you're not gonna have another one you know yeah yeah exactly i mean why, is it so, why i know for some men they can almost put on the front where um where they portray one thing to even their family and then when they're on their own, it's a completely different story. But you would think, you know what, your your wife is obviously breaking her heart. We know, we know it's the city, mm. but, you know, at least at least show a little bit of, or at least turn around and say to her, yeah, I miss her too, but do you see me crying like that every yeah. five seconds? Yeah. Something to let her know that you are on the same wavelength. Yeah, yeah. Although clearly this um, this woman has been gaslit by the nanny. Mm. You know, she's she's sort of reliant on this old woman. I mean, she sits and brushes her hair at night for yeah. fuck's sake. I'm like, yeah, calm it down. She tucks her in bed. I'm going, you're a thirty-one-year-old woman. What the fuck? Absolutely. I mean, oh my god. Speaking of which, Bette Davis or the nanny starts her shift, and in a bedroom she has photographs of all the children she's ever nannied including Virginia's little girl, Sassy. Yeah. And I'm guessing this is why the mother is such a basket case, because, I don't know, like I say, I think this nanny has gaslit her to an inch of her life, and the and the, the father is barely there. Mm. And she's just stuck in this huge house she's rattling around. She's too over-dependent on the nanny. I mean, mm. we get that there's meant to be the relationship between them because, you know, the nanny was her nanny, mm. yes. and now she nannies her. Uh, at least she did nanny her children but yeah she's almost too dependent it's almost like you see you know she's what run about the same age as me in this movie um and she she is so dependent on this nanny for everything that it's a little bit you know like what the hell yeah i mean what what was this nanny doing for the two years when the little brat was at boston you know what was what was she doing fucking Brushing her hair and making sure her teeth is brushed, or was she giving her? Was she deliberately put her in in this funk? Was she giving her drugs to keep her in this sort of depressed state? I don't state? know, but I am. Every time I watch the movie, I do become convinced that the nanny is definitely she's definitely making sure there's always a job for her in that house. She, you know, so mm-hmm. you know, so I think. You know, she won. I I think if we were to go, if this movie was to show what happened two years before, 
or at least in the first few months when he went away to reform school, um, Mm. we would see that, you know, uh, Virginia was obviously grieving the loss of her daughter who died Mm -hmm. and her son who was sent away. Mm -hmm. So therefore you had the nanny who should have at that point been like, well, you're not getting a kid. I'm off. Bye. But she almost inserted herself there. I have surrogate mother to the mother. And was like, yeah. It's all right, you, I've got you. And started just doing, you know, she almost made herself useful about the house, doing everything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. To, you know, and that way that, again, I almost take, I, again, I'm, I'm convinced to make sure there's still a job for it. But at the same time, now I think about it, I probably to make sure that, yeah, the son doesn't need her, but the mother's always going to need her. And, you know, keeps her I mean, isn't that it... way. If she keeps the mother relying on her, mm-hmm. uh, the father won't sack her. I mean, isn't it heavenly implied at the end that she killed the actual mother and took yeah. the mother's role? So I'm going, oh, Kayla, because didn't the sister see? There's many things implied. Like, it sort of implied that she caught whatever the whatever <laughs> Virginia accident was when she was a child. You know, mm. it, it can be interpreted that she did that again to make sure there was all her job for it. And then it just so happened the mother died. So, you know, it was like mother dead, instant permanent job, you know? Yes, um, yes exactly. So exactly. It implied that she does all these things to make sure she's always needed. But, you know. Mm. Although what I know is how old is this nanny supposed to be? Because doesn't the sister, what's her name, Penny or Pen? Turn around and say, oh my God, you still hire her? She used to be our mother's nanny. She's your nanny, and now she's the nanny to uh, to Joy. I'm going, how old is this fucking woman? We're yeah, exactly. Year. Like, she's what, easily... She's what, easily in her 70s, at least. Surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the fact how Bill just fucks off to, quote, fetch the car... And leaves the nanny with his complete blubbering mess of a woman, a wife rather, uh, because she's got such a terrible headache. I'm yeah. going, oh, for fuck's sake, love, suck it up and put the fucking gin down for crying but out no, loud. You know what she says though, right? She let her let that she doesn't have a headache. That's an excuse. That's an excuse. Because uh-huh. she turns around and goes, you know, I don't think I want him home. And it's like, you're crying because your 10 year old son is coming home. Like, and mm. you can't cope with that, like, you know, suck it up. It's implied that, quote, after two years of her son, uh, Joey, played by William Dix, has been mm. in a quote-unquote private school because she's terrified of him because he's so insolent and he's so combative and he hates the nanny so much and he hates the mother so much. Yeah. So what was it? Was was he actually, is he actually a psychopath or a sociopath right off the bat? Well, I don't know. He, he blamed, for, I mean, he definitely got both psychopath and uh, sociopathic traits. There's no denying that. Like, you watch a movie and at some point you think, oh, that boy's a sociopath. And you think, mm. no. That he's a psychopath, and then he's like, No, crap, Jack, back to so he's definitely a complete mixture of the both. But you know, this movie is a classic who done it, the nanny or the boy. I mean, never ever fully to, to a reason that's going to satisfy everyone that watches it, finds out who. And yes, exactly. because the boy was obviously blamed for it, the mother's obviously terrified because the 
in her eye, the child, the son that killed her daughter is coming back and she can't mm. cope it. I imagine it would be like almost like looking at him reminds her that her daughter's dead. Mm-hmm. Although, the, towards the actually the end of the movie, when the mum is in hospital mm. after being quote unquote food poisoned, doesn't she turn around and say to, to Joey, Oh, I've always loved you. I, I sort of knew it wasn't you, and sort of kiss and make up sort of thing. They and do, like, she one... completely changes her persona and her personality in the hospital. She's been away yeah. from the, the nanny for what was that, a day or two? Yeah. Which me, this is why I get, I think, what like, the nanny's been poisoning her for something to keep her in a funk, you know? Mm. Um, or at least to keep her needed, yeah. Mm. Because, yeah. like you say, about a day or two away from the nanny, and suddenly she sees, you know, Joey in a different mm-hmm. light. Go from, I can't cope, I, I can't cope, he's disobedient, and I'm, I'm terrified of him, straight to, you know, I love you, I know it wasn't you from the start. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm thinking, was the nanny keeping you under her thumb by giving you, I don't know, volumes or something like that, or some sort of other drug? Well, to what you? was that stuff? the doctor found on Joey's bed and you know yeah that's a good question actually what was it was it not Apica 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 no no I think it was some sort of poison I think it was like arsenic or something like that yeah it's a type of of poison taken in large quantities but if you take it in small quantities it's not poisonous that can annoy me but yeah so I think she had been almost Putting her, putting it in her food to keep her, almost to, again to keep to keep the mother in such a state where she can't cope without her. Mm-hmm. There's a psychological state which I can't remember off the top of my head what how it's called now, where the the carer is addicted to um, the pity, you know. Munchausen by proxy. Is that what that's called? Okay then. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the, unfortunately, the, the classic everyone knows about where. Um, the mother, um, mother made out her daughter was ill and got yes, you know, yes, and yeah, it turned exactly. out. That, unfortunately, it turned out the mother was mental ill. There was mm-hmm. nothing wrong with her. Poor girl didn't even know her own her own real age and everything. Horrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So like I say, so I'm guessing that the nanny is addicted to this whole. Oh, the nanny look after you while really I needed. go. Yeah, well, we'll gather around the world, darling. Just Janet will care for you. That's strange because I, I wish I, I, I watched this many times just alone this week, just to try and figure, just to see if I could try and figure out what a very mental illness the nanny has, and I yeah. think she's bipolar yeah. because let's face it, we find out at the end that you know she her her own illegitimate daughter. Had a were about to have an illegitimate uh, child of her own, died mm-hmm. in childbirth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she's either bipolar because you know the bit where she genuinely seems okay, and then the bit where you know the you know you know she's thinking I could belt that boy or mm. whatever. See, um, I think. Um, sorry, I was going to say that her condition attached to that that can be attached to many things. And I'm gonna murder the pronunciation of it, but uh, so I'm not gonna try and, <laughs> try and say it. I was gonna, I've got it written down. I was gonna try and say it, and I went, no, forget it. 
Okay. Um, okay. But what it really is, it, when a person doesn't believe or doesn't know they're ill and therefore doesn't know what their mood and things like that are doing to the other people, it's almost like where they act on impulse. They okay. don't know what they're doing and then they wake up and they're like, eh, what have I done? See, I think it's a, a lot more sinister than it. I think it's the fact that the little boy was going to spill the beans. She killed the daughter. The, the, yeah, the daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and the auntie knew about it. The auntie put all two and two together. Like, the whole idea was that you killed my niece and you tried mm-hmm. to kill my nephew in the mm-hmm. bathtub. So you're a fucking bitch all along. It was you all along. And mm-hmm. this is why the nanny let her die. But we'll talk about her later on in the but podcast. But then if she's just purely homicidal, why didn't she kill Penny or Virginia? She did. She killed Penny. I mean, she lets Penny die of a heart attack. Well, I don't know about that child because I think that what the mother was still uh, technically mm-hmm. around. Was ah, sure. right. Because we know the mother died and therefore answering that the mother dying and her becoming the surrogate mm. people would have worked out perfectly. Then if she killed one of them, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because. Uh, Virginia says that Penny has what was it the flu she had and it gave her a heart condition. No, she had start off with an R, but yeah, it was basically like a really worky of the flu, and it left her with yeah a weakened heart and left right. any any major shock, and that's how she could die of a heart attack, which she okay. does. Yes, she does. Mm-hmm. I've got down my notes here. Is the nanny her nanny? Or is she Joy's nanny? What's happening? Has she been kept on the staff for years on end? Is Virginia? Um, I don't know. I've, I've, I've wrote I this. Say, I think to begin with, she was kept on by Virginia because Virginia had Joy and his younger sister. Mm. Um, I say to begin with, she was the child nanny, but mm. upon her daughter's death and her son, you know, shipped off to Boston. she mm. then became her the the mother's nanny so throughout this you see that she's more she home she's more you always see her run about the mother that's very really a scene apart from when she's in the hospital where the two are separated so it's almost more like she the mother's nanny now mm. But I don't. I don't even think her job title should be nanny now. Because let's see it. We see her cleaning, uh, cooking, mm. doing everything else. Ah, that's a maid of all work. That's not a nanny. Yeah. That's just yeah. being pretty. Yeah. So onto the flashbacks of Virginia with her little girl Sassy, mm. uh, played by Anne Hagrid Orbury. The last girl can I for fucking shit. And I'm sorry about her lisp annoyed the shit out of me. You know. She's going, I'm the prettiest girl in the world, Mommy had I've never I'm gonna be like just like you. Just like you. I'm like, Oh, for fuck's sake. And the mother just cracks up sitting on the uh, yeah. the vanity table. I'm <laughs> going, What the fuck? You know what made me laugh in that scene? She turns around to the mother and go, I'm gonna be prettier than you uh-huh. and the mother like, Yeah, you are mm. you're like, What did they say? Oh you my know? god. I've got down here, so Bill takes the nanny to fetch Joey from the quote-unquote private school, even though it's been said multiple times, Joey can't stand the nanny. And he's plotting to kill her all for this fucking movie. I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ. And he would find just... An aversion to all middle-aged women. Yes. Which is started off with the nanny before he mm. got to mm. Bob, I mean, I've got down here how much of a brat this little guy is. I mean, he 
fucking, what does he do? He fakes a hanging or something like that? He fakes a hanging. The first time we see this boy, you think, oh my God, he killed himself before he got home. And mm-hmm. it's not a purely to frighten the middle-aged old woman that works at the reform school. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yet yeah. from the minute he gets, the minute he gets, even before he gets home, before he gets into the car, he's just like, you know, showing his disdain towards mm. the nanny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've got down here, you tried to say to me a 10-year-old boy would talk back to something. He would have got a bit sharp across the jaw. Quick, he's smart, you know what I mean? Like he's smart. Bullshit, he would have got away with this crap. I mean, I love how the, the quack doctor tells the father his son may not be insane. Quote, no, he isn't all right. But then again, a few children are okay in the head. He's a psychiatrist? What the fuck? <laughs> what a thing to say to a parent. I mean, how much does he charge this guy for looking after his kid for two fucking years possibly giving electric shock therapy for fuck's sake you oh, know what I mean Jesus Christ I was going this guy's a fucking quack I mean he's perfectly fine he plays pranks all the time he fakes his death what the fuck you know I was like this is a, a quote unquote private school or a private hospital I would go where the fuck's my money bag I mean what this yeah. shit about oh it's just a joke he plays on the uh, what was she? Was she a, a a nurse or what the hell was she once? I mean, I think you were oh my god! And I love the fact that the uncaring father just says, "Yeah, he's perfectly healthy, perfectly fine," and just walks off. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm. Oh my god! Like there's nothing healthy about your son pretending yeah. to hang themselves. Yeah, your son's fucked in the heads, and you're just I like, know. "Ah, he's fine." I mean, Jesus Christ. I think the... you couldn't afford to keep them then. They were like, and they were like, uh, do you know what? Maybe, maybe, do you think maybe you just couldn't afford to keep them there? And they, they were just went, ah, get fine, give them back. I don't know. I mean, maybe the father's going to stick really? them in fucking, Maybe the father's going to stick them in a military camp, you know? I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, God almighty. But I love the fact how Joey doesn't trust the nanny at all. From the very beginning. From the very start. Mm. I mean, I've got in here, is he a brat or is he right? Hmm. That know. is the classic, that is the question throughout this story. Like, who do you trust? I mean, because we're at a disadvantage as the audience because this whole movie is played out through, you know, we're almost seeing this whole movie and even seeing the nanny from Joey's perspective of her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we are, even by the end, I'm still left going, right, so who the Fuck was it? I know they cut her off, but hold on a minute. I mean, th- this little boy Joy is such an un- unreliable uh, narrati- narrator. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, because he's already pred- he's already got his own biases towards her. Like he can't stand her from the get go. So any, mm. you know, it's like if there's something you don't like, any of you, you take on them, or you're gonna, there's always gonna be your own little point of view. You know, yeah, and like yeah. if we were to try and do a review of Twilight and you said, right, Glenn, try not to be a bitchy about it because, you know, we want to at least keep some viewers. Mm. Then, you know, every time I said something about Twilight, it'd be like, yeah, but I mean, it's terrible at this part. Oh, they do, okay, yeah, but completely, I mean, they are, there's always going to be that own, it's impossible to keep your own little biases out of things. So, mm-hmm. It's clever that they made it his point of view, yes. but it also yeah. I had a advantage because we still never know. I don't say that. It's clearly shown this boy is fucked in the head. 
you know? Absolutely. I mean, he's he's constantly playing with nooses, and he's, oh, I don't know what the hell he's doing. I mean, he's constantly smart-talking adults. He's, oh my God, there's a whole awkward quasi-sexual bit, which mm. we'll discuss later on in this, this podcast, because it's fucking discussed pronto. I don't know what needs discussed, because it's just ridiculous. But like she says, this little twat, little bratty boy, does not stand middle-aged woman because he hates people with power, especially females. Yeah. So he hates the nannies, but the father just goes, ah, he's fine. And she's in the back going, yeah, Master Joy has the right to be, uh, what was it, right to be uh, suspicious of me? I'm going, what the fuck, red yeah, flag? Oh, he doesn't mean it. He wouldn't say anything to uh, be so hurtful. And I'm thinking, yeah, fucking would. Mm. You know, mm. she's just like, oh, he wouldn't, he was obviously joking, and I was like, no, he clearly, if you do have something to hide, he's <clears> clearly <throat> on to you. Yeah, I love the fact that you're trying to say to me, that little boy's been on a Boston or private hospital or private school, whatever you want to call it, for two years, and nobody's ever listened to him and saying, it was a nanny done it, you know? Yeah. Oh, nanny's a psychopath, you know, help. Or they just think, oh, you're just full of shit, grommet, sort of thing. I mean, was it just ACTs and slaps in the face you got? <laughs> you yeah, but then that's the way kids were treated in those days. Like, you know, yes, seeing yeah, what that, heard. That's so. very, very true. Very true. I mean, I love the fact how as soon as Joey goes back home, he hugs his mum, who, my looks is on her third gene tea of the fucking morning. <laughs> um, oh, my God. <laughs> what was she? for him coming home. Jesus Christ. She just then... Shows him his new bedroom, which he fucking hates because Nanny fixed up for him. So he goes to this small bedroom and fixes a bed and then unpacks his his self because mm. he's such a big boy now. Really, love? You're impressed your ten year old boy can fucking make a bed? Really? Yeah. I like the the um, the impressive part of that would be if we could if we were two and could do that. But you know, most most children are able to make their own bed by the age of what five. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got down here, he's been in private school for two years, probably given electric shock therapy, and he's still, I don't know, sass-talky and slightly, ins- actually insane, still on fucking insane, and still uh, on the edge, and he's probably been beaten up into his life because he's a little smart with a little brat, so yes, he would be able to fix his bed, and yes, he can unpack his clothes, and yes, he can make his own sandwich, what do yeah. you fucking do, sort of thing? I mean, it just drove me insane. I'm going, you're impressed you can make a bed? Really, love? I mean, I get you're a stuck-up-your-arse bitch who's on about eight gin and tonics a day and about 52,000 fags, but f- or cigarettes, rather. But what do you do, hen? I mean, get over yourself. You're, oh, yeah. my God. It's just and I get they were doing that, so as a way of saying, well, the boy independent, like, she didn't get rid of the nanny, and then that, mm. when we were they're like, oh, well, she's not his nanny, she's the mother. But at the same time, you know, if they were going to do that with the storyline, couldn't they have made him at least a couple of years younger and then be like, oh, well, an eight-year-old that can, you know, put by, unpack a whole case and whatever else, then, yeah, that, you know, pretty impressive although, if they can keep the concentration to do it. Yeah, although the, the, Joey does tell his dad multiple times, fire the nanny, she's she's unwanted she's unneeded i can go after after mummy i can do the cooking the cleaning and i can fix your your shoes get your paper etc etc but he goes no 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 mummy needs nanny because mummy's a basket case i'm going oh for fuck's sake yeah it's like it's like come on 
you shouldn't be saying that. that that's not even for even for the city no parent no no father should be saying to their mother yeah their son sorry yeah your mother's not right up there she needs the nanny not you yeah uh, yeah I, mean, I was going you're a complete utter fucking dickhead i mean i love the yeah. fact how, how he just walks in makes his whiskey and goes why are you giving joey's in room put your foot down but he mm. lets him run over him also so i'm going what the fuck? and he goes here have a large gin and tonic just like you want one that's like uh, hello, you know. I mean, well, did, you see, did you see size of that ginger he gave her? It's like, fuck it, it was a whole bottle for Christ's sake. I don't know, I thought to myself, why don't you just hand her the bottle? Jesus mm. Christ, it's out of the glass. And I hope she gets some whack for her chest for after drinking that, considering she doesn't put a mixer in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I also love the fact how um she quizzes him as to what the quote school said, and he says, oh, nothing. She, he just hates the nanny for no reason, saying, quote, he must be hit like a, like a normal child or be punished, i.e. beaten. Uh, okay, then. This is a 60s. There's child keeping for you. They're right there. You know, if he toast, talks back to you, bitch slap across the face. Mm. Yeah, this little brat gets away with it continually all through this fucking movie. I'm going, bullshit. You would have been slapped across the fucking jaw. You know? But I don't get this at all. I mean, I love the fact how that Joy did not trust the nanny from day one. Why? There's no backstory about why he hates her so much. You know? Yep, I know. And that's it. We never ever find out. It's like, you know, at least give us some hint as to why. Because we're just left to believe by the end. Or oh, because she went out and left him. And then that's how the, that's how his sister died. But then... Mm. Mm. Two seconds before it, he's saying to the his sister, no, the nanny loves me, so, you know. But yeah, I mean, what was it he says to the to the upstairs neighbour, the teenage neighbour? Um, oh, I have to sleep uh, in the room with a locked door because she'll come in and smother with a, with a pillowcase or a pillow, yeah, rather. She'll come in and try and kill me because she killed my sister, and that's like, eh, Wow. Yeah, wow. I mean, God almighty. So, I love this one. The dad walks in on Joey, who's playing his music too mm. loud, but doesn't but an eye. He's making a fucking noose. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, how is it normal? Why do they all think it's normal that that ten-year-old can make a hangman knot? Yes, exactly. I mean, God, I've, got, I've got down here. Joey's excuse is he's good with knots, so he'll learn how to tie them. Uh-huh. What? So any 10-year-old has a noose is perfectly fine. Just leave him be. Fucking hell. This, oh and then he, then the father tells Joey the nanny is to stay and look after his wife, not him. You're not needed. You don't need a nanny. Your, your mother is a nanny because she's painfully ill. I'm going, yeah, your nanny's a fucking bitch. And she's keeping her painfully ill, you fucking That's moron. That's exactly why, you know? Oh, my God. So within minutes of getting back... Uh, his family back together. The father flies to Beirut for business reasons the next morning. What the fuck? <laughs> you know? Wow. I mean, considering he's a queen messenger, what the hell was he going to Beirut for? It's not even part of the Commonwealth. Oh, God, all I know is... I mean, I love the fact how he's so uncaring and nonchalantly giving two fucks. He goes, yeah, yeah, get, get me a, a, a plane out here by 12 o'clock tonight. I'm going... What? Your, your son's just back after two years being in a private school, quote-unquote private school, and you just fuck off to Beirut? What the fuck? 
I mean, I get it, you know, a classic case of, well, you know, must carry on as normal and I've still got to work. But, mm. you know, like you say, he's been away for two years, not two weeks. You know, yeah. you can imagine that t- time, how how very limited their contact has been. And yet he's like, yeah, just put me on the first plane out, it'll be fine. Like, what the... Yeah, it's a bloody well joke. I mean, I love the fact how the Nanny tells the, the mother at the very start of the movie, oh, why are you so terrified of Joey? You saw him every week. So, Karen, what was going on there? She visited her son every week, but she's still terrified of him because he's so abusive to her, so standoffish to her. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what is going on here with this, this little boy? I mean, it's oh obviously God. a case of she knows that a parent she can't parent she can't let's face it this was the city little boy had very little of any respect for their mother or any of the females in their life it was, you know it was the mainly the father that did all the discipline um I'm not sure so, I think the, the, this little boy, Joey, is fucked in the head and he doesn't like women full stop. I think so, it is. I think it's him at a ball. Mm. So she's almost a okay, ho. Well, I can't parent him. He's just going to run around for me when he gets back. And it's like, well, now's the time to, you know what, earn some goddamn respect and obedience from your child. Yeah, exactly. Ernie's... Fucking tell him straight, this is my house, you're my son, this is, this is my rules, you will follow these rules, or you should go back to a fucking boarding school. Back, yeah, you're going straight back to Bartow. Or, or worse, a fucking army military mm. school, for fuck's sake, you know what I mean? Christ yeah. amazing. So, next one, introduced to Aunt Penn, played by Jill Bennett. She's a rich drunk and has many affairs with many, many women. She's also highly jealous of her sister Virginia for having, quote, it all... Uh, love, you're dripping with jewels and you're wearing a fur coat. You're jealous of your little sister because she has a nanny at 31. Mm. Who wrote this? <laughs> you know, I'm not sure about the fact you just said she had an affair with many, many women. Oh, did I say women? I'm going to say. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, did you watch a version I didn't? <laughs> did I I'm going to say many, many. Many, many men. Sorry. Well, maybe it was women. Who are we to judge? <laughs> Precisely, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> but, and... yeah, uh, like, she, she's saying that they're obviously, she's, yeah, she's obviously jealous of the fact that her her little sister married the, you know, guy with an important job and got to keep the nanny. But, uh, like, at the end of the day, she has 30, you know, 30 plus. Yeah, 31, yeah. Yeah, 31-year-old women who... Mm. She doesn't need the nanny for her children. She needs it for herself. So that's nothing to be jealous of. Yes, exactly. exactly. Oh, by the way, that little toy soldier, uh, no, sorry, sorry, toy um, robot oh, thing yeah. that Joy is playing with is worth between $800 and $1,200 today. <laughs> wow. So just what I, I, I picked up. I hope William Dick kept hold of that. Mm, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So here, here's where we find out well, that Aunt Pen has a weak heart, something mm. that Joy finds utterly fascinating. Red flag, love, run away. Yeah. <laughs> and he then asks if the nanny has a heart condition also, implying he's planning to kill her. Yeah. Is it self-defence or is it murder? Hmm. Hmm. 
I mean, onto the dinner scene of lambs, lamb shanks and potatoes, followed by a shop bought. What was that? A celebration cake. Yeah, welcome home, Joey. It's a... Yeah, yeah. So Joey, being a little brat, thinks the nanny has poisoned his food. He's rude and aggressive to his mother, father, and the nanny because away with it, and is sent to his room with no dindins. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much for doctors, then, you know. Yeah, exactly. They, they say that they put him in this hospital to get him to start sleeping at night and to get him to, to trust women and to get him to eat and to get him to do this, this, this. I'm going, well, clearly they fucking failed miserably, you know. Absolutely. God almighty. What was the excuse again? I he, can't eat that because Nanny has poisoned it. No, he just said he, was, he didn't want it. Um, and then um, he said he didn't want to. Pardon me. And then he, he said he implied, but he didn't didn't say it till the next scene that he wasn't gonna eat anything she made. Mm. And mm. then she catches him stealing her, her father's leftovers and she goes, I made that and that when he looks at it and goes, Yeah, but you're not likely to poison mm. my father, are you? Yes, I love that scene. I was like, Oh, you sassy little prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um although it's a shop bought cake. I don't have a slice of that. Yeah, exactly. You know, but anyway. She didn't make it. She could have tampered with it before it got to the table. Oh, that's true. That's very true. So with that, uh, Virginia runs off to cry yet a fucking again. (laughs) And here, Joy barges in to tell her there's no key in the lock in the bathroom. He needs privacy when he's in a bathtub because he's terrified of the nanny will drown him like Mm. he did to his little sister. Yeah. I don't know about you here, but if I talked to my mother, I would have been bitch slapped across the face like a split, you know? Join the club. Can I just say when <laughs> I was 10, I wasn't allowed to lock the bathroom door? No, no, no. Yeah, that's like the, the, minute, the, the minute my father heard that door locking, he'd be like, unlock that. Mm. Yeah, it's a pretty joke. And cue a disturbing scene of Nanny brushing Virginia's hair like she's a little fucking girl. Love, mm. you're 31 years old. Snap out of it, you silly bitch, for fuck's sake. Yeah, it's like when we're getting your hair brushed, the most comforting thing in the world. Maybe because I don't have long hair, I don't understand that, but I'm like... Come on. And, you know, Nanny looked like she enjoyed that little too much. Just, you know, the you could almost see, hear her thinking, well, I'm still needed. Mm, you know, mm. I should brush her hair. I mean, I've got down here, just how gaslit is this poor woman? If she blames herself for her daughter's death, even though it was Joy that allegedly killed him. Plus, let's face it, the f- husband's a fucking complete useless twat as it runs away halfway across the fucking world not to deal with the fact uh, his wife's a basket case you know and barely hanging on barely barely and, sane uh, yeah, and a weird matchup between a sociopath and a psychopath so basically she's stuck on a rock and hard place and this is why yeah. the nanny's the comforting fucking middle ground sort of thing because mm-hmm. her son's a basket case well a fucking sociopath she's a neurotic mess and the father doesn't give two fucks the husband's give two fucks so yeah eh, nanny is then i mean i love the fact what is it that the nanny has to deal um with joy saying the oh i would never try to poison you but you you would try to poison oh i'd rather poison your dad not poison you or something like that she says and i'm going 
Um, these baking rashes are, are fried individually, I don't know, so therefore you could poison them. And it's yeah. proven right, she did poison the fucking mother later on in the movie, so... Yes, and uh, tried to make it look like him. Mm. Mm. Definitely. So as she says, next morning, Joey steals the leftovers off his dad's plate, heads back to his room to read comic books, as you do, and he will meet teenage neighbour Bobby... Uh, what the hell is Medema? Is that her name? Played by Pamela Franklin, who is instantly Joey's best friend forever. You know, I just love that one. <laughs> Instant BFF, just add water. Yeah, just add water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, God almighty. She's, what, 15 and he's 10. Are you trying to say to me a 15-year-old hanging around with a 10-year-old? I think yeah. not. Mm. I mean, he's rude and aggressive to her. Calling her a liar, saying that she's a slut because she's got all these boyfriends. I'm going, what yes. the fuck? Calls one one of her potential dates a dirty old git. Yes. And for he makes him turn around on his heel and run out of there. You know, uh, like, you know, you, you don't know that girl when you're all automatically inserted herself into her life. I mean, they, do, they know each other, what, five minutes? And he's already just walking in through her bedroom. Oh, good. Yeah. He's done that a million times. Yeah, that drove me insane. I'm like, what the fuck? At least knocked the window, you rude little fuck. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. And it does later on in the movie, which drove me insane. I'm like, what the fuck? But we'll discuss that when we get to it. Mm. I love the fact he tells her instantly he doesn't trust his nanny because he gets blamed for the death of his sister and just walks off. I'm going... What? Yeah. <laughs> drop a bombshell like, and just walk away. Yeah, like what? Just leave it there, are you? Jesus Christ! Not mm. elaborating on that in any way. But do you know what gets me about the nanny, right? Uh, the point throughout the scene, throughout the movie, sorry, where she sticks up for Joey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, uh, you almost think, well, you know, he's in the wrong. She's clearly got his back. He's clearly a warped child from you. And then the point where, you know, when she like plants the poison on his bed and things like that, mm-hmm. where she um, is clearly out to get him or to get him into trouble. And you just think, you know, pick a side. I think she's trying to, uh, to get uh, Joey's trust. Therefore, she's standing up for him. Or maybe that's her job. To stand yeah, up for, for the kids, you know, because that Popman was a underclass person. How dare he approach out my house, sort of thing? Mm. You know, I'm this rich bitch wannabe. So maybe that's why she, it was a classic, a classist thing she done. It wasn't maybe. actually defending Joey at all. It was the fact like I'm upper middle class, you're lower class. Fuck off out of my house. Actually, when she's defending him against the milkman, she she's not even she doesn't say anything that implies she's defending him because she go. This is private property. Mm-hmm. Yes. Go away or I'll get it done for trespassing. So you know, not one you know, at almost a case of you can't come near this building, not a case of you can't come near that child. Yeah, so she's yeah. been classist. So, mm. yeah. so, mm. so I love the fact how the father just fucks off without saying goodbye to his wife and Joey takes his leftovers of the bacon and then steals a handful of his favourite cigarettes. Would he not notice these cigarettes went missing? Well, you would think. Uh, to pay off the neighbour, because the neighbour done a... Oh, is it? she done a bet. Oh, I've got a boyfriend, he's down there fixing his shoes, and he calls the, the little boy, what was that, a, a dirty old pervert or something? A dirty old man or something? I'm yeah, going, yeah, yeah, he's clearly just looking up your gut, that old... <laughs> and, um, you know, 
and you know she's like well i could go that cigarette you know woman i'm like well hold on a minute you know oh but, yeah God. and he go how many he only went to take a one he takes a bottle of that about 15 easily i lifted yeah it's a big handful it takes another thing the father's need by but an eye he's rummaging through that I was about to rummage for that cigarette case. I'm going, what the fuck? I mean... Yeah, anybody else would have been like, eh, what are you doing over there? Yeah, exactly. Don't touch my cigarettes. They're expensive. Mm. I was in for crying out loud. So the nanny wakes up the useless mother. And here the nanny tells her, Joey thinks she's going to poison him again. And here the mother overacts yet a fucking again. Just bitch slap her. I've got down here. She's driving my... Oh, my. She's working my last nerve. Oh. You know? And as she says, Nanny saves Joey from the pissed-off milkman after he tries to kill him with a plant potter. Or a planter, rather. What the fuck? From that height, I would have killed him. I mean, Yeah, exactly. That was his point for chasing him up the ladder. He could have broke my neck or what? You I know? mean, I've got to hear, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? This kid's clearly insane. That's clearly um, sociopath. No, that's clearly psychopathic traits if you do it without care for the outcome. Oh my god. Mm. He then sass talks to the nanny because he's an ungrateful little dickhead. What the fuck? I was going, that guy was going to beat the fuck out of you and the yeah. nanny defends you against this this, this mm-hmm. enraged milkman, but you don't give two fucks. You're like, eh, whatever. I'm going, yeah. you're an ungrateful little prick. I know. Uh, like, you know what? She could have just let him give you what you truly need and that had kick in and she didn't. So, you know. Mm. Even mm. a grunt or something to say thanks. God, yeah, yeah, it's a fucking joke. And here's the start of Joey being a rude little fuck. And she just walks through the, the bedroom window of this teen girl and calls her a liar after she says she's had many boyfriends. He then just hands over the cigarettes and then discusses how he doesn't need a nanny. He's such a big, tough, macho man. I'm going, you're 10. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. God. He then plans a cruel prank by mm. putting a doll in a bathtub and drowns it. Yes. Uh, and this freaks out the nanny. She has PTSD flashbacks of the dead little girl. And I'm going here, what a little fuck. You should have been bitch slapped into, into your yeah. life. Absolutely. What, what a disturbed little boy, you know. And it's not even a heavy doing it to be like, oh, I'll show you, I'll, I'll prove to you that it was hard, wait till you see a reaction or anything. He's mm. just doing it purely to get at her, yeah. you know? And yeah. he, he kind of know a little bit too much about how she was lying in that bathtub, you know? Because for, mm. for all we know, she could have been face up, she just was unconscious, and therefore that's why she drowned. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, no turn around. Although in saying that, that uh, neighbour is also a bit of a mixing bitch. She goes, oh yeah, yeah, to put to take, put the dolls. And I'm going, what the fuck have you done this kid for less than an hour and you're already um, conspiring with him and plotting with him to yeah. send the nanny do Ali? What the fuck? I mean, you have no yeah. proof what this nanny's after, this this little brat boy. So what the fuck's going on here? Oh my God, I love the fact how minutes later the, the mother's trying to put him in his place, but he's going, it was only a doll, mummy. He doesn't give two fucks. He's a rich, spoiled, uncaring little fuck. Yeah. I mean... And he, he clearly just... He clearly trying to play it off. Uh, you know what? It's just a prank. But his mother's like, no, you know exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know she's still troubled with that. Like, you know, that's cruel. 
And yeah, again, just thinking, well, I don't need to listen to the woman in this house. Yes, yes. I mean, I've got down here, she tries to punish him, but he's been a little fucking dickhead, says, I'll kill myself then. Well, in that yeah, case, back to that house for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's she like, uh, I'll tell your dad, and he first instant thought, uh, you're not going to make me change room. And I'm like, well, you know what? We'll see. And he's like, I'll kill myself if you make me change bedroom. And I'm like, grow the fuck up, will you? You're 10. Yes, when yes. To when do you think you have any right to fucking blackmail your parents? Mm. See, I think yeah. this, this movie would have worked a lot better if he was, say, 16. Mm-hmm. You know, not mm-hmm. 10. Because... Yeah. Uh, then you have the whole thing was, oh, I've been away for X amount of years and the nanny done this to me. I want revenge on her. Not some sass talking little spoiled brat 10 year old who may or may, may, or, uh, again, may or may not be a sociopath or a psychopath, you know? Uh, absolutely. Like, the part of the scene where he really has to be younger, like, you know, when they get back into the house and he's moving his stuff about, and they're all, you know, relatively impressed, and you're thinking he's 10, that's not impressive. But then no. the like that, with his confrontation, with his confront, his argument with his mum after the doll in the bathtub, and you mm-hmm. think he really has to be at least five, six years older for that, yes. that yes. to be of any significant, significant, I can't yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yes, exactly. I mean, this is a fucking joke. He's, I love the fact mm. how he took the, the spare spare bedroom, the smaller bedroom, because it's next to the fire escape, and he can get up and down. And uh, a lock on the door. And he's got a lock on the door, yes. Yeah. And we can mm. down up the stairs when he feels like it, because he's a little fucking control freaking douchebag. Yeah, he said when his father said to him about that, he said, well, I can protect myself better in here. I have he can protect himself from the nanny. Mm. Better than there. It's a bloody joke. So in the kitchen, the nanny is making a personal steak and kidney pie for each of them for a special supper. So he is a treat for acting like a little brat? The fuck? Yeah. Hmm. And I suppose the way the nanny's thinking of it, maybe a hickey her doing everything to try and get him, you know, to trust her again. But mm. yeah, if you if you look at this movie and think, well, the nanny her killer, then you will think, well, she's clearly personalising them all, so she know which one to poison. Yes. Double X sub, we could look at that. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact how the nanny then tells the half-drunk, useless mother who's sitting there boohooing that <laughs> she caught Joey playing with her pill case. Plus, he was in the kitchen, suspicious like. So she's now passing the buck on what Joey poisoned the steak kidney pies. Yeah, you know? she's now she's now planting that seed. But you know, the mother doesn't. <laughs> first of all, the boy doesn't exactly tell her and go. Wait, what you on about? I haven't been anywhere near the kitchen, mm. um, or near how uh, near where she keeps her med. Mm-hmm. And you know, second of all, after someone had said that to me, you know, I'd take one look at the food and go, Do you know what? I'm not hungry, I'll get yes. something later. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I've, got, I've got down here, so Joe doesn't eat his pie, and finally his mother puts a little shit in his place. And then she breaks down. I've got down here, suck it up, buttercup, for fuck's sake. You're a roaming neurotic basket case. I mean, put him in his room, spack his fucking arse, put him in his room, and don't give him any dinner or yeah. supper or dinner. 
until the next day. And then he'll buck up his ideas, little fuck, or put him on the fucking first train back to to fucking Hogwarts, you know? <laughs> it's like, fucking hell. Do you think the mother's inability to cope with Joey uh, due to the fact that she's not, she's not got over, like, her, her own mother's death from such a young age, age and then her child dying and drowning and a toddler, you know? Possibly, possibly. I still think the nanny's giving her pills to keep her docile. You know? Yeah, I think so, the nanny. I don't know if the nanny's deliberately drugging her. Out. I mean, she could be, but I think she's definitely playing on all these weaknesses to make mm. sure there's always going to be a job there for her. Yes, and cure the most disturbing scene ever as the nanny force feeds the mum the steak and the pie, which was beyond fucking disturbing. Cool. I thought, mm-hmm. I mean, what the fuck? She's thirty one. She can't eat her, eat her in. Food. Yeah, she's like, I'm not hungry, I'm distraught, my boy's not eating, I'm not going to eat, and the nanny's like, you know, forcing it down her throat practically, you know, mm. that's like, okay then, that's the moment for me where I I knew the nanny had done something to that food and not Joey, because mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. face it, any, you know, the scene before when, you know, it was like the night Joey was still just home and she, had, she made them all lamb, Joey didn't eat it. Yeah, she ran off crying, didn't eat it. She didn't cry and stop her or force feed her. The father never ate any of it. She never batted an eyelid. She just cleaned it all away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I mean, one, she was a little bit too keen for her to eat some of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, hmm. So, later at night, Bobby's dad, played by Jack Waring, goes downstairs to deal with uh, Virginia's quote-unquote food poisoning mistake mishap mm-hmm. and cuts her off to a hospital so you now know the nanny did it yeah but the nanny uh, places the buck back on joey's hands as she finds um what was it, a bottle of poison under the under the pillowcase yeah, the thing. and i'm sure it i'm sure it she says because she says to the doctor i really should have thrown that away when i was done with it and i was like mm, yeah because in large quantities that are poisonous. Mm. You know? Okay. 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 I love the fact how the the father catches uh, his daughter smoking cigarettes and he goes, Please don't smoke. Bullshit. She would have got a bitch like across to John and put the fucking fags away, sort of stuff. So exactly. bollocks to that one. Uh so Bobby goes downstairs via a fire escape. And by the way, do we have fire escapes in Britain? Ooh, um I don't I haven't seen any set out very can can I say it without sounding horrible, but very American like that. Mm. I haven't mm. seen any like that. No, not even on some of the older buildings around the country that still stand. The mm. fire, fire escapes don't. They're normally just. They're normally very basic with that. Uh, again, very Americanized that one. Yeah, I think that myself. Also, I love the fact how the front of the house looks like it's a posh Victorian house, but the back of the house looks like it's an American house. Mm-hmm. So is that a set? The back of the house is a set and the front of the house is a real house? I, mean, I imagine it would be, yeah. Would that explain the American-style fire escape sort of thing? Maybe. So anyway, so she goes in, into the uh, Joey's bedroom and asks him, did he poison his mother? Well, she says, no, it was the nanny. In walks Dr. Medman to tell Joey he's taking his mother to hospital and all he says is, will she die? Really? 
that's mm. supposed to pinch your head. Is is she going to die? I mean, yeah, like really, you know, not why, what's wrong? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said this this little boy is all sorts of fucked in the head. He's such a cold, calculated, manipulative little shit. Yeah. I mean, oh my god, he's the kid from the He's probably been desensitized a bit from what he went through at reform school. Not helped by the fact that her parents are completely <laughs> cold. Him. The only person to show him any sort of warmth is the one person he fears and doesn't like. Yeah, well, that's very true, very true. Yeah. So, like I said, the nanny finds the poison under Joy's pillowcase and she put it to frame him. I Here. think she did. Because, um, you know, why would she automatically just start looking under the pillow? You could have threw mm. it down, one, down the fire escape, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So little Brat kicks up a fuss, and finally somebody stands up to him. So he demands, no, don't, I don't want to be left with the nanny. I want my auntie. So Auntie Penn is called to watch watch over him as his mother's in hospital. What a little fucking brat he is. Yeah. I mean, oh, my God. Why don't you send him to the auntie's house instead of having the auntie come to him? Him? Yeah, that would make more sense. Oh, my God. So Bobby comes back downstairs via the window to quiz Joey again if he did it. Again, he says, no, it was the nanny. And cue the guilt trip and Joey hits her with, oh, you don't believe me, do you? And she says, no, you must have proof. And it just dawns on him, yeah, you're right, I must have proof. But he doesn't do anything to find proof in this entire movie, which drove me fucking insane. I'm going, she's telling you to find proof, yet you're still ignoring that, and you don't find proof. She's actually insane. So, okay then. Yeah, there's no... Like, what I find annoying and, and intriguing in equal measure about this movie, uh, the nanny can't prove she did or didn't do it, and neither can Joey. And mm. therefore, e- both equally look as guilty and as innocent as each other. Yeah. yeah. It's so annoying, yet intriguing at the same time. Mm. Oh, he does, he's, he's on about proof. Yeah, he never won. He never once even tried to find it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I was going. Sure, the hell, there must be some proof somewhere in this house that the nanny is poisoning your mother, say, mm. or has I don't know items to belong to, to, belong to other children she has nannied for. So I yeah. think so. Mm. So in walks the auntie Pen, uh, who bitches and moans to the nanny. She has to watch over Joy for us for several days. He overhears this and finds out she's on sleeping pills. So ask if she'll drop dead again. Red flag, you know. Yeah, because he goes, can I sleep in beside you? And, you know, you think, oh, obviously, so he feels safe. But, you mm. know, again, it could be equally, so he's close to wanting to try and make her have a heart attack, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, depending on which way you look at this movie. And, yeah, uh, he's like, uh, well, you've, well, you could, mum said you could drop dead at any minute, and so she's like, and I've been sleeping on my own for years, I've not dropped dead yet, I'm fine, mm. you know. Mm. I mean, what I don't get here is he takes great glee in the fact that she could die any second. I'm going, yeah, love, run. Yeah, he's a little, he's a little too intrigued by that. Oh my god. So later at night, they're playing drafts, as you do. Um, and Nanny puts Joy in a bath, but he is having none of it. So Aunt Penny 
but says, can you get my sleeping pills? So I'm thinking, has the nanny messed around with uh, her sleeping pills? Because later on that night, she has like sweats in her sleep sort of thing, and she has a heart palpitation. So I'm going, yeah. what's going on here? So I, I think hmm. it has been. Uh, like, the nanny thought I mentioned it's Joey's bath time, and he's hmm. outraged. It's almost a habit thought he was either getting away with not having a bath, Mm. Of that, but, and then he, he does the whole or oh, make her swear she won't come near. And mm. you know, Penn is outraged as that thought of what any normal sane person would be. Yes. And then, yes. yeah, that night she's not well in her bed, and you think, hold on a minute, which one of them's been tampering with her sleeping pill? Yes, exactly. So, so Joy is now soaking wet, wakes in, sort of walks in to wake up Aunt Penn, who just fell asleep like that, making mm. me think the nanny has drugged her. Saying that Annie tried to kill me in the bath. She then slaps him clean across the jaw and uh, for lying and he just runs off as she has a heart attack. The fuck? So one slap gave her enough of a heart attack. Is that how that one works? Uh, I think it's the fact of being woke up when she was under medication to put her to sleep. I'm not sure. But yeah, the fright of it all basically because, you know, he, he is aware that any fright whether he was telling the truth or not i mean he's actually in the very next scene tell me he wasn't but mm. yeah he it's just any sort of a fright and that's her she she could you know have a fatal heart attack okay okay and what was that medication what the nanny gave her what was the thing she snaps her hanky melon salt but i was like she did mention my pill and she had given us some sort of melon salts I mean, I know my granny had heart problems and she was given nitrogen tablets to put on her tongue when her heart was starting to pound and that sort of calmed the, the rhythm down. But she's like, you sniff this yeah. and go, what the fuck my is this? My heart trouble and she takes a, she's got a GTN brain, thing like that. She, I imagine would be a modern version of your grand nitron tablet. They do the same thing almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my auntie's also got um, angina and she takes yeah. a little is it angina is that a heart condition is it? yeah yes, yes, yes. and she takes a little pill on her tongue yeah. every so often so maybe it's, that's the sexiest version of that but I don't yeah. see how snapping in a, on a hanky would work but moving on so with that still soaking wet and dressed nothing but a towel Joey visits Bobby to tell her nanny tried to kill him in the bathtub Okay then, I've got problems with this scene. Big problems. But first, he then tells her that the nanny killed his little sister in the bathtub. And he got blamed for it and sent to a private school for, as punishment. So Ooh. cue a flashback of young Joey running around the house with his dad's paper cutter. Paper opener thingy. Um, you know what I'm talking about. You know, the knife things yeah. you used to... Letter opener. That's something for letter opener. <laughs> <laughs> nanny leaves for reasons. So Joey snaps the letter opener in half his little sister sees this and says oh i'm going to tell nanny you broke daddy's toy or how it was and she goes to have a bath okay then so yeah, no she goes to bath the doll falls oh is that down. what it was right okay yeah. okay, okay. Falls down trying to reach the doll out and they cracks her head on the bottom which is why we're led to believe she's obviously unconscious and they mm. uh, and nanny doesn't hear when she turns the taps on. So I've got down here, wait, no, he doesn't try to kill her in a bathtub. He told her to, quote, 
play with your dolls as as all girls can do is play with dogs. Yeah. You misogynist little fuck. You know. Mm, uh, so with that, she baths her doll and somehow drowns herself in a bathtub. What the fuck happens? She falls. Yeah. So she sits the doll on the edge of the bath and go does the whole mummy how to get whatever and comes back with a bar of soap and something else in her hand and the doll falls into the bath and she tries to get her and she obviously falls. The bath is obviously deeper than what that mm. than what um bath was obviously too deep for her and she falls in and hits her head because you hear the you know the you hear the of yeah. her and, but and she scream. all that makes me think well, she's not done conscious instantly, you wouldn't. Yeah, but first of all, first of all, that made me think, why the fuck is Joey not running in there going, what was that bang? You know? Because he's a selfish little brat playing with his fucking shit. And, mm. you know, second of all, why the fuck did she not fully check the bath before she pumped water on? Yeah, yeah. Know? And I'll go down here. Nanny returns, finding her dead, then goes completely insane. So it was an accident, or was it? Did she kill her? I mean, she did the kids. Yeah, she left the kids alone for un unsaved oh, amount of time. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, she left the kids alone because her daughter died, and you know, it's a classic case of you know she's entitled to no time off. She is a servant, uh, but, but she takes it anyway. But, but yeah, quite. she to double check that bath. <laughs> Mm. But so it's implied it's here. To blame what Joey is. Oh yes, but it's implied here. She stepped out and stepped back in. So, but it, it, later on, Joey says, "No, no, it was hours later, or rather, she says herself, it was hours later. I came back and found a little girl in the bathtub, and she was dead." So, well, uh, we, get, we see her coming back, and she turns the bath, she turns the water on, and then she leaves the bathroom to go funny taking off her or hat and whatever else, and get the children. And then it's only them where, you know, little psycho Joey say, oh, by the way, she, she I heard her in the bathroom, and, the, you know, you can just see that instant look of, well, why the fuck didn't you tell me? I've just turned the water on. Yeah. So, well, yeah. she's not there. Almost the, the confusion within it, you know. So I was like, yeah. How the fuck did that bath stop so fast? I mean, she just literally put, puts it on. He goes, oh, she's in that bath. And then she runs back and it's full. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then I have no idea. Oh, my God. So anyway, so Joey then complains, because we're now back in the now. Then Joey then complains that he's cold. Yeah, think you're wearing nothing but a towel. You little fucking pervert. I've got him here. <laughs> yeah. So Bobby shows him her dad's doctor's office and here he plans to kill Nanny using an x-ray machine okay uh, then so are we sure he didn't kill his sister was it really an accident or did he literally just kill I don't his... think it was I don't think he killed her but it definitely wasn't an accident because he heard the thud and did nothing about it mm -hmm. an accident that she fell into the bath but, yeah. you know, the, it stopped becoming accidental when he didn't go see what the third was and mm. didn't say, by the way, I heard a third, but I know she's in the bathroom, I can't find her. Oh, and by the way, you've just dumped fucking water on in there. Mm. Mm. You know? Yeah, I mean, how long was she lying in that bath? What, why was there no blood? How long a... was she unconscious for, exactly? Yeah, I mean, was she instantly dead and she, she hit the bottom of that? 
I'm guessing mm-hmm. that's a marble bath then. It's a, it's a sunken bath. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, yeah it could have been just made out of porcelain. So and even then, you could hit your head full force off of them and not not cause blood and still get knocked out. Okay then, okay then, fair enough then, fair enough. So Joey continues his bullshit story because let's face it, he's an unreliable fucking narrator, as I said earlier. Yeah. That nanny bath, bath, bath rather, uh, the sister's dead body, and continued like nothing was wrong. He then called the police, but she stopped him, forcing him into the same bath as his baby sister. Bullshit. I'm calling breaking up off the bat. You try to say to me a ten year old would call the police and go or eight year old even would call the police and go, My nanny's killed my sister. You know? Yeah, exactly. Or at least try and phone them and go, She's trying to get me in the bath with my sister, yet my sister's not breathing. Uh, yeah. like, come on, get a grip. Yeah. And even if such a thing would happen, would he not be would he not have serious PTSD especially when baths and water and things. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Also, I love the yeah, fact how... He's on locking the bath. First of all, he's angry. There's no way he can lock the door when he's in a bath. And he's mm. um, no one, especially the nanny, coming anywhere near the toilet when he's in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, he is such a, a lying, little manipulative, narcissistic little shit. You have no idea... Mm-hmm. If he's telling the truth, you know. I mean, for all, yeah. all we know is this little guy deliberately killed his sister because she was annoying him because he was playing with his precious toys, um, the toy train. And yeah, for all we like, you know, you say, for all we know, he killed his sister to stop her grabbing him up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, and get rid of the nanny, you know. So, mm-hmm. like, so oh my god, and I hate the fact that he's so cold, getting so macho. But this is a little lying sack of shit I've got on here. You yeah. trusted to me, you take great glee in describing how your dead sister floated in the water. Fuck off, you little shit, you know. Also, he get two years in a private school for killing his baby sister, even accidentally. Fuck off, you know. Yeah, uh, like, come on. You've been uh, psychos for it. Hmm. You know, not two. Yeah, I mean, he should be in psych wars for the rest of his fucking life, for crying out loud. I mean... God, people were put into asylum for the rest of their natural life for fucking less. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bloody well joke. I guess that's happens when your daddy's rich and, and well-connected sort of thing, so... Hmm. Which is what made me wonder if maybe, <coughs> maybe it wasn't a case of the case he got home two years after two years, because they were well, maybe it got to the point where they weren't as rich as what they would let the outside world believe. Because mm. they weren't free. You had to pay for them. Well, I suppose that's true. Although that house is supposed to be in Notting Hill, which is quite an expensive part of London, or it was at the time. So, hmm. yeah. so anyway, in walks Bobby's dad catching them in his office and doesn't ask why he's all but naked while they're playing doctors and nurses the fuck she's 15 he's 10 you pervy Ooh. little plus you're naked under your uh rather her father's doctor's uh, rope thing like cool. that- i'm going what the fuck is going on here he takes him downstairs where he tells the nanny the mother is okay she'll recover in hospital and I'm going, so nothing about the fact he's 
still soaking wet, even though he was bone dry seconds earlier, but he's still soaking wet, and he's always wearing is this white coat and a, and a towel. Yeah, okay then. No, you know, <laughs> no one in that scene looks surprised that, like you say, they're a teenage girl in a room with a, you know, a child. Yes, a still. child. Yeah. He was naked, and even the nanny's not like, well, hold on a minute, where's your fucking clothes? Exactly. What, for crying out loud. I mean, I love the fact how it's he insists on playing doctors and nurses like a little fucking pervert like he is. Yeah. So, okay then. Oh my god. So, Aunt Pen has had enough of his shit and stands up to him, so he runs off to hide in his room as he barricades up the door, fucking Home Alone style. I mean, calm your ass down, fucking Kevin McAllister of the 60s, you know, for crying oh, out. Yeah. I mean, what does he do? He has, like, the noose and ties it around a chest of drawers and ties it around a bed and then ties it around a water pipe or something like that. What the fuck was he doing? Yeah, it was it was weird. He was making up the elaborate crap so if anyone came through that door, it would wake him up and you're like, hold on a minute, how... How the hell would that little bit of rope you showed taking out your key at the start of the movie along mm-hmm. to reach halfway across that room? Yeah, that drove me insane. I'm going, where the fuck did you get that rope from? I'm for crying out loud. Oh, my God. Anyway, moving on swiftly because this is just getting confusing now. In the master bedroom, Nanny tries to tuck in Aunt Penny. She's having none of it. Tells her to fuck off. She's not her sister. And that burns the Nanny. Did you see the scorn on her face when she says that? Did you see the hatred in her eyes? Yes. Yeah, the scorn and the hatred. I was like, oh, you're dead, love. Um, So meanwhile, in his bedroom, Joey has made another noose. Okay, then. As in her bedroom, Nanny is sitting in a rocking chair, listening to him planning... What's she doing? Planning shit? What the hell is she doing? She's sitting there rocking away. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's almost as if she's planning what she's going to do. It's strange, it's bizarre. It's just a little bit unnerving. Well, not mm. unnerving, but unsettling, that whole scene. Because she's yeah. just like, what is she doing? Is she really just listening in some sort of a day? Just listening? Or is she actually planning? Like, you know... And yeah, yeah. Get that boy one for all. Yeah, exactly. So it's much later that night. It's 1.40am. Mm-hmm. Aunt Penny has a panic attack in her sleep and she wakes up in dry sweats. And I'm thinking, did the nanny poison her with something to bring on this heart attack? Mm. You know? Uh, what was going on there? Uh, so, I don't know. Unless the nanny's not giving her the right medication mm. or not giving her... Not yeah, not giving her a sleeping tablet, so therefore, you know, she doesn't. She maybe fall into a semi, like REM sleep, but she doesn't fall into complete sleep. And yeah, therefore, you know, I don't get is why she's she's got sweat pour over her body. What the fuck was that about? I mean, I don't get that myself. I mean, unless she's been poisoned, then I don't get that. But moving on, so. No. Pen finds, or Penny rather, finds the nanny standing outside Joey's bedroom with a pillow in her hand. Mm-hmm. And she makes tea. But then Penny goes, wait a minute here, what are you doing? You say that children shouldn't have pills because they'll suffocate in their sleep. So why are you giving Joey his, an extra pill? And the nanny says nothing until Penny puts it together that, yes, you tried to drown Joy in a bathtub. You're insane. You killed my niece. You're trying to kill my nephew. 
get the fuck out of this house sort of stuff and this is when the nanny attacks or doesn't attack she just lets her die as penny has a heart attack the nanny just lets her die she struggles to crawling through the house to get her pills and nanny just goes see what you've done now dear you've put yourself into such a fuss i'm going you cold fucking bitch yeah you're like you are one cold-hearted bitch mm. Yeah, for lack oh of a better word. Yeah, you know, like, what a sinister... Betrayal. Sinister, you know? sinister. Yeah. Just... I mean, she tucks it into bed to let her die, and then she monologues to the dying auntie that she's the only thing that's keeping this family together. The wife is fucking useless. The father is barely there, and Joy is a pain and will be dealt with immediately and swiftly. She then continues that she left the children alone that day deal with her back alley doctor who has killed her daughter in a botched abortion she then mm. walked back to the house hours later and here she found susie sussy rather dead in the bathtub she then snapped and bathed the dead toddler yet she sees her as alive then dead and as alive and then dead so okay then with penny now dead she continues her monologue saying that she did to save all nannies in Britain. She's doing this to save nannyhood. What? Yeah, that didn't make sense. Like, you're doing it to... What? Why? Oh, what part of you think this is uh, okay? And what part of you think that he's going to save, you know, nannies throughout Britain? Oh, my God. So then she fills a bath for Joy but she can't get in because of the the trap but she just barges through i just love that one with the pill on hand she then threatens to kill him he runs for the window and falls and smacks his head off the um uh what was that thing hit was it a trunk or something like that yes he's unconscious she picks him up and tries to kill him in the bathtub tries to drown him in the tub she holds his head underwater and then she sees sussy's or susie's body she snaps out of it and tries to save Joey's life. Okay then. So he runs off to hide. The nanny then cries on the bathroom floor and she turns to her bedroom to pack away all the photographs, all the kids she's nannied possibly killed over the years. Hmm. Um, cut to Bobby's father saying she was a sick individual. She's a sick, sick woman and should be carted away. As the mother says, where's my Joey? Joey walks in, the two of them kiss and make up, and then what? So it's heavily implied that this nanny has killed dozens of children, you know? Yes, and this is the thing that leaves you guessing, because throughout this movie, you are, you're left wondering, well, hold on a minute, she, you know, she's clearly ever to believe that killed all these children in this picture. Mm. And she yeah. killed the... She killed the um, uh, uh, Penny's mother earlier, yeah. you know. So, um, hmm. so it makes you wonder was she doing that throughout the uh, family to almost try and make you know the mother relying, and then it just so happened that whatever happened to Penny and Virginia's mother that she died, and then she was like, well, you know, instant mother, you know, hmm. um. You know, and that's how they lived to adulthood. Yeah. But um, Penny yeah. had to die because she knew about what ha- what she did to 
her niece and what she was going to do to Joey. Uh, yeah, because Penny mm. p- pulls us out of nowhere. She puts two and two together. Wait, yeah. you killed my niece and you're trying to kill my nephew and you're you're controlling my, my sister? Yeah, yeah. You know? so, yeah. Uh, the class... Uh, it's a weird one, this movie, because, you know, you never truly know, even by the end, I don't think I truly know by the end of it, really, the nanny who did it. I mean, she's obviously suffering from PTSD through, mm-hmm. the, through the little girl's death, through the death of her illegitimate daughter. Um, I think it was her legitimate daughter. I don't know if she was a legitimate. So I know the, the daughter died. She oh, wasn't, she wasn't married. married. Okay, she never married, so therefore she was illegitimate, and <sighs> she was going to have her own child out of wedlock. That's how she died during the back street um, abortion. abortion. Yeah. 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 That was a disturbing mm-hmm. scene. Most people don't wash their hands. They don't even sterilise their equipment. I'm oh, going. No. Okay then. Yep. So you know, <coughs> even it's still a it's still a weird one. Mm. So let's just wrap that up then. So. Could it start for Roll and that's that. So that was the nanny. I started of a mentally ill elderly woman who went on a killing spree so she can feel like she belongs in a family. But she's got an illegitimate daughter, so okay then. The acting is all over the fucking place. Wendy Craig is nothing but a wet jellyfish. She all she does is cry and drink, you know. William Dix is highly unlikable and is a fucking sociopathic little pervert. And Bit Davis is completely unhinged and unnerving towards the end of this movie. The camera work is piss poor. We've got zooming shots and pulling out shots and there's like shaky cam stuff. I'm going, what the fuck? Why are you doing stuff like that? But this is a perfect rainy day movie, I would say. I mean, what would you say about this? Yeah, I mean, for me, this is, like, has to be up there, like, top ten masterpiece of British horror. It's got to be. Uh, it manages to thrill and entertain almost effortlessly. And, you know, compared to Bette Davis's other, you know, city shockers that came before that, especially what happened to Baby, especially um, whatever happened to Baby Jane, which was only, out, what, three years before that? Um, Two years, I don't know. Mm, he's 65. That was out in 62. 62. Two, so three. Oh, so three. I can't count. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and, and, you know, as much as I love that movie, I mean, you only have to go back and listen to our review on that movie to know how much I love that movie. Um, it does get a little bit OTT. And for me, the movie The Nanny is Bette Davis's more one, um, a very realistic uh, horror. Like, she and it deals with a very real problem like you know the mental illness of servants when they still had very little right you know like she had to mm-hmm. leave her leave her charges the children she cared for on their own to go visit her dying daughter because she wasn't entitled to a day off you know mm-hmm. but so it threw up all these problems and for me you know, Bette Davis is just, she play she 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 plays that perf that creepy mentally ill but prim and proper nanny so perfectly so perfectly and effortlessly. Um that sometimes you forget that you're watching her act and you think she's a little bit creepy, is she not? Mm. Um you know, it's it it's a it's a Bette Davis movie I always return to if I'm A feeling in the mood for a hammer horror 
beefing and then they move for a bit a bit David you know and at least you get him like even now I've said it what three times already and I'll say it again I still can't work out if it was the boy that did it or the girl because they're both equally as messed up in the head and they're mm-hmm. both equally to blame Exactly. Exactly. One thing I will say about this movie is Bette Davis plays a sort of a version of Mary Poppins perfectly yeah. until the yeah. last twenty minutes. Then she just snaps and goes full Baby Jane. Yeah. You know, and that's that's a sign of a great actor. She can play prim and proper, slightly put out Victorian nanny to mm-hmm. complete sociopath just like that. Just like that, and, and I think only Bette Davis could do that. Um, I mean. What's her name? I couldn't apart from whatever happened to Baby Jane. God, it's gone. What, John Crawford? Hmm. Yeah. Do you know what? I almost said Audrey Hepburn? Because I've got a picture of Audrey Hepburn on my wall. That's ridiculous. But yeah, but only her and John Crawford could get away with doing no portrayal of people. Like, there is no one today, if they were to make a remake of this movie, who could play the nanny. Because let's face it, there is no one today who can live up to Bette Davis in that role, at least for me personally. I suppose, I suppose. Although in saying that, this um, movie tried to pull off Psycho, because think about it, Robert yeah. Bates is just this put up um, upon the weakling of a son mm. and the overpowering mother, and it turns out he's actually both the mother and, and the, the weakling son. So, hmm... Anyway, so let's score us out of five, one being dog shit and five being solid gold. I'm going to say this is a three out of five because, as I says, Wendy Craig is a wet fucking squib in this movie. She just does nothing but cry and drink. Yeah. Um, the little boy works my last nerve and he's such a creepy little, so-off little brat. Mm-hmm. But... Ultimately, it's Pitt Davis that saves this movie. She goes from prim and proper old master joy to I'm going to kill you, little fucker, yeah, <laughs> in about that. 10 minutes. So what would you give this thing? Yeah, I'm giving it four for almost the same reasons. You know, Virginia, I mean, you know, you just need to name the Andy Award for more crying in a movie and she's instantly won it. You know, that little boy, I mean, why this thought he was the best to play this part is beyond me. I mean, you can't deny he's not good acting at some point, but there's some point where you just think, really? You were the best for this part? For me, like you said, it's Bette Davis that makes this movie and it's Bette Davis that keeps you watching till the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving it a four. Yeah, I won't say that. The whole explanation, oh, I'm, I've killed you to make sure that Nani's not get blamed for, for, for all the stuff I've done is a bit weak, but uh, you know anyway yes. also like I said that, that, that little boy was such a bad actor he'd never worked again I don't I'm think right so hmm anyway thank you for listening now don't forget to like share comment and subscribe also follow us on twitter at 2geekspod follow us on instagram or facebook at 2geekstalkmovies you can email us Movie suggestions to 2geekstalkmovies at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod, and you can follow Joanne at 2geeksjoanne. Okay then, our next podcast will be... What? <laughs> oh, I have no idea. I don't have it written down in front of me. 
<laughs> oh my god um, our next podcast will be a surprise to everyone <laughs> i'm not sure i mean uh what i might do actually is i might give you the whole month of april since i took pretty much all of mark okay you know? so you can pick the two movies so tune in and next fortnight to figure out what the fuck we're watching oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah we're nothing professional here you know <laughs> oh. <laughs> What are you on about? You're totally professional. You're totally <laughs> organised. What are you on about? You just changed this one and the whole month of April. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, like I say, thank you for listening and get us out there. Give us bloody well listens. Uh, bye. Bye.